You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. Thanks so much for tuning in today, everybody. If you're new here, this is a show that brings tons of self-care and self-discovery practices, ideas to your ears so that you can try new stuff and you can see what works for you. You know, you don't have to be into spirituality just yet and know a whole lot about spiritual self-care, cosmic self-care. Just dipping your toes in is great. And yeah, I hope this is just a safe place to find things that feel good for you so that you can connect to a higher version of yourself. Friends, we have shifted a lot in the last day or so. Jupiter moved into the sign of Aries. And this is a big deal for a lot of reasons. One, because we've been in this sort of magnetic, dreamy, spiritual space of Jupiter and Pisces for the last year or so. And now we've shifted from one of the more slow-moving, fluid signs into a very action-packed sign in Aries. And so Jupiter, the planet of luck and abundance, has moved into Aries, and it really is time for us to start putting our dreams, those dreams that we've been you know, crafting over the last year into action. What's so cool about Jupiter and really, you know, the cycles of the planets is that they they move in a certain number of years and Jupiter is is a 13-year cycle. So something you can do is you can go back about 12 years ago, um, 2010, 2011, and see what was happening in your life. What was that luck in abundance? Like, what did that look like for you? Maybe that was the beginning of the cycle and it's coming to a close. And now this is a new one, right? And Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. So it's very much a fresh start for many of us, but it's also the most confident, the most, um, really just willing to be first sign that frontline sign. So if you have been dreaming up something for a while, like I said, now is the time to take action. This Jupiter will be here until mid October, late October. So this summer is the time to start doing things. Then you get a little rest when it moves back into Pisces in October until the end of the year. But go ahead, put your dreams into action. Be cringe. We talk about that today in this conversation. On a different note, I'm starting to record and bank episodes for my maternity leave coming up in July and August. So don't worry. The show will not stop. I'll be re-airing just a few really awesome episodes from early on in the show's history that you may not have heard in the past. 
And then I'll have some new guests. You know, the show is going to go on. Don't worry. But I'm, I'm working on a few solo episodes and I'd love to hear from you. If there's any specific topics that you want to hear, I'm all ears and I would love to share. I would love to talk on those. So shoot me a DM at Yoga Magic Podcast. With any ideas you have for solo episodes or even just guests as we're starting to honestly now prepare for the fall here. I'm so excited. Before we get to our guests for today, just a quick reminder about a few events coming up. On Wednesday, May 18th is an online workshop with friend of the pod, Sarah Leverett, and we're going to be talking about spirit animal messengers specifically, how to connect with those animal messengers, who, you know, what yours might be, what you can learn from your animal messengers. It's a really fun, easy, casual, social conversation class. We usually keep these pretty small so that people can ask questions and I would love to see you there. That's again, Wednesday, May 18th, 7 p.m. Central Time. And then the following Wednesday, May 25th at 7 p.m. Central Time is the first ever Yoga Magic Live podcast event here in the Twin Cities. So if you are local, get your tickets to come hang out with me, with Meredith McCowan, Gina Seval, and Kelly Smith. I'm going to be interviewing those three major guests of the show, friends of the show on all things, summer self-care, past lives, meditation, just like all the good things. Following our conversation, Kelly will be guiding everyone through a luxurious sound bath, and then we'll be doing a number of awesome giveaways. So many different brands are on board. Hopefully it's just a fun night to get together, chat with other people that are interested in healing, in wellness, and some self-care. I hope to see you there. Get your tickets for both of those events in the show notes. All right, let's talk about the amazing guest for today. Oh my gosh, KJ Atlas. What a queen. What a gifted human. She is a modern lifestyle mystic with a deep connection to the tangible earth and sky above. She's primarily an astrologer, but her practice is informed with her background in science, psychology, and alternative health. She also has the gift of synesthesia, which we're going to talk about a lot, which allows her to read your chart and experience as a wide array of colors that can be translated into easy, practical language and a lifestyle tips that you can integrate at your pleasure. So I actually found her via her aura art. Again, this is where her synesthesia comes into play. A bat. <coughs> A past guest, Ava Bilkey, posted her aura art, and I was like, this is so cool. I want to learn more. And I reached out to KJ. She totally delivered. She's so, so interesting to talk to. She creates this beautiful artwork that's based on the highest expression of your energy and your birth chart. So in this episode, we talk about what synesthesia is and how it plays out for her. We talk about her experience in astrology school, her learning, her education, how she creates aura art, you know, what those colors, how they come in and its relationship to the energy body and our birth chart. We talk about our senses, their connections to memories, talk about healing your aura and just bringing back its luster talk about the compatibility and beauty of opposites in the birth chart. And then we get into some astrology that we're looking forward to in the remaining of 2022 and just some things to keep in mind as you move forward. If you love this episode and you want to work with KJ, check out an offer in the show notes for a code for 15% off a new client astrology session and 10% off an aura art report. Okay. Thanks so much for being here, everybody, and listening to Yoga Magic. I'm so grateful for you. If you love this episode, share it on Instagram. Make sure to tag me so I can thank you. And you can follow us at Yoga Magic Podcast. Let's chat with KJ Atlas. My name is KJ 
That is my name. People always ask. (laughs) My brand is KJ Atlas. (laughs) Um, I'm an astrologer and I like to take a holistic approach to astrology to make something that's really confusing that uses all this jargon into something that's actually useful and you can sprinkle into your life whenever you want. And I also have synesthesia and I look at astrology as energy and I've always felt energy so deeply having synesthesia, which is the fancy word for your senses and neurons get crossed. So in one sense is mm, stimulated, Mm -hmm. others get stimulated too involuntarily. So basically life's a trip <laughs> Whoa. and it makes me create art and that it actually helps me read people's charts because it kind of provides that second layer of understanding someone through color and energy. Mm-hmm. So is synesthesia the same thing as like someone who's a highly sensitive person? Is that the same thing? You can have both, but yeah. you don't have to. So yeah, I would, I would definitely say I'm a highly sensitive person. I always have been cancer moon in the eighth house. Ooh. I'm very sensitive. Um, I cried a lot as a child. I felt things so deeply and no one else understood why. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just highly empathic and I never understood like why some kids were mean to me or to other kids. Like I just, things like war and, Anger just sent through me for a loop, basically. And then being out in crowds, it was actually probably really good that I grew up in a really small town because being around a lot of people's energies and auras is so stimulating for a highly sensitive person. Mm -hmm. And then if you add synesthesia on top of it, synesthesia is actually on the neurodivergent spectrum. Okay. That's and I have ADHD. So that's kind of where that connects to. But that's as far as that goes for me. And Yeah. So you can have both, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. I think you're probably more likely to be, I think you're definitely a sensitive person if you have synesthesia, Mm -hmm. but just if you're a sensitive person, it doesn't mean you have synesthesia. So what does that actually look like? If you, can you give an example of like how all of your senses get stimulated? Like if there's like a trigger or or how that works? Ah, (laughs) it's kind of funny. I thought this happened to everyone up until <laughs> just a few years ago. Okay. I really thought this happened to everyone until a few years ago. And I was actually in astrology school at Portland School of Astrology. And someone pointed out, oh, if you have a Neptune, Mar- uh, Mercury, or a Neptune moon, a Neptune sun, you might have synesthesia. And I was like, mm. what is that? I have this aspect because I have sun, Mercury, trying Neptune. Mm. And I was like, oh. Oh, and everyone in the room was like, oh, you have synesthesia. And I was like, you don't see orange when you think of Tuesday. (laughs) Um, That was kind of how that happened. So I learned how to read the alphabet by memorizing letters and words as colors and feelings. And my mom was an English teacher, an elementary school literacy teacher. And she was like really confused why I was learning this way. And she's like, okay, whatever. Like you're killing your spelling tests because I was memorizing everything. It's like these feelings and colors. It's almost like a categorized file system mm-hmm. in my brain that kind of taps into my intuition and gut. Like I'll feel it kind of in my gut. 
But when I'm looking at someone's chart specifically, this is a good example. When I start to put the pieces together, I'm like, oh, moon's here, sun's here. These are how these are talking. All of a sudden, it kind of feels like an aroma of a color building on the back of my palette. So it's not like something that blasts off into like the third eye. It's not like something that I actually see. Like I don't see ours around people. It will usually just show up as this feeling that kind of comes from the back. And sometimes it translates into a smell and I'll know like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's the smell of blue. (laughs) Sounds so wild. No, it doesn't. It's so cool. (laughs) It's so cool. That makes sense. Um, And sometimes when I'm writing, I write almost 20,000 words a week writing daily horoscopes. And if I'm like on a roll writing, certain words will trigger things. And sometimes it's really beautiful. And I'm like, oh, I wrote the word Sunday and it smells like spaghetti. (laughs) Or sometimes I'll like, oh, I wrote the word shopping and it smells like sweat socks. And I actually will have to stop what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, that was kind of gross. Drink some water and just move on. Um, But it does happen involuntarily. And I usually kind of take a step back and my partner will be like, what did you just smell? (laughs) And um, it's kind of fun that way. Um, That part has really kicked up in the last few years. Like I didn't always smell things. It was mostly just colors. But since I started doing intuitive work every single day, full time, it's really, really picked up in some ways. Yeah, I bet. <gasps> this is so cool. I've never heard of this. I don't. I feel like I'm like so in this world, and I didn't, I didn't ever know that there was like a word for that where you attach these things. That's super cool, and I bet it really is helpful in the work that you do. So you said you went to astrology school. I also don't hear a lot of astrologers that actually like formally train because a lot of us do intuitive work. I'm in astrology school right now too. And I love it. I love like a formal situation. What was your experience with like going to school for astrology? Oh, wow. If it, if you could like figure out, if you could say like, what does it feel like to go to Hogwarts? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's what it feels like. I mean, school was always really tough for me, not academically, um, just the type of people I was around in the town that I grew up in. I grew up in a really small town in North Carolina and always felt different. Mm-hmm. And astrology school is like the one place where you cannot feel different because people going to astrology school are a little bit eccentric and really intuitive <laughs> and really cool. But also you're there with this higher knowing that we're ingrained with a blueprint. This is our project. This is who we are. And it adds this extra layer of understanding when you're interacting with people because you can say, oh, you know, it's your Saturn Mars conjunction. Um, maybe, maybe that's is why you're working through this. And, and it's a deeper level of understanding people mm-hmm. than just saying like, I don't like their energy or mm-hmm. I don't like them. And and you can figure out how you and this person, your charts maybe mesh in some ways, maybe they don't, but you can understand. And it just breaks down all those walls, all the walls that creates all the issues that we have in the world. And I think if people knew themselves by using things like astrology and other divination tools, they wouldn't have all these problems mm-hmm. that we've had ever since human existence began. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's really, I love that answer. It's so, I'm in total agreement. It was just to understand people and to have empathy for others, yeah. just even just looking at their charts and, and, you know, it's you, I feel like what I learned so much through studying astrology is that like often, you know, it's, everyone else has their own things going on, right? Like we yeah. all have these challenges and we have all of these like personal powers as well. And so I can't, I can't assume I can't project. I can't, you know, I just kind of no. have to let my life be my life and others be their own. I, Absolutely. so, okay. Your gifts, you mentioned that you, you do aura art and that's really where I'm so excited to spend some time today. Is that kind of all mixed in with this, this synesthesia gift that like you see colors or like, can you just back up and tell listeners what an aura is? We've talked about it before, but I want to hear like in your words. Yeah. Okay. An aura. Well, let's back up a little bit from Mm -hmm. just what is an aura. Every person, every animal, every living being, um, probably like even plants to an extent have an energy body. Some people call this like a soul, you know, you might call it the gut feeling, but whatever it looks like or feels like to you, it's inside of us. And it's also outside of us. And it kind of creates this orb and it's the aura. That's like the woo woo word for the energy body. That's Mm -hmm. kind of like our little bubble. You know, if you think someone's in my personal bubble, it's like they're bumping into your aura and you're like, okay, I'm not sure if I'm going to let this person into my energy. Mm -hmm. Um, So on a physical level, everyone has an aura. I look at the astrology chart as a diagram of this energy and it actually is very physical. So like when you're looking at the Zodiac wheel, each of the signs represent a part of the body. So I literally think like, you know, if someone has a lot of Aries, they have a huge concentration of auric energy in this area because that's where Aries rules. Um, If they have a lot of Pisces, they're going to have a lot going on with their feet. And then like their pineal gland, like all of these physical areas where these signs energy shows up. That's Mm -hmm. my theory. So the aura art is a demonstration an artistic demonstration of the natal chart, which is actually a logical mathematical calculation of the energy body. So we have this physical energy body. The natal chart is like the mercury, like logical um, left brain way Mm -hmm, of looking mm -hmm. at at someone's energy. And the aura art is the the Venusian right-brained creative way of looking at the same thing from my perspective. And that's what I deliver when I do chart reading with someone. And then I create an aura piece and I usually try to separate it within like an hour. I'll say like, you know, let's do the chart reading and then I'll send you the aura later. And it taps into different parts of your brain. And then you can really embody and like tap into your own energy body by looking at it from these different lobes in your brain. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it totally does. And so when you're looking at a chart, are you all of a sudden experiencing colors? Like, is that kind of how it shows up for you? Like that as an astrologer, that does not, not my experience, but like, clearly that's your gift. That's cool. 
Yeah. When I start to read a chart, um, I'll start to notice, like, you know, the process of synthesizing when you read a chart, you know, you can look and see like, oh, a Taurus moon or this, but then mm-hmm. when you start to put the pieces together and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, like this Taurus moon and this Cancer sun, like, like, okay, I'm getting homebody energy or like um, really sensitive, like grounded earth energy. And then you put the rest of the pieces together and you're like, oh, I'm getting a little sprinkle of, um, someone who spends a lot of time in the higher learning space or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting some energy of these and then they kind of come together and then it starts to form what looks like a picture and I make them in squares. It doesn't always look like a square, but that's like the best way to contain it. But usually the pattern that shows up is actually how I perceive it. So usually like the right side of the image is kind of what comes in first, like, um, Sorry, the left side is what comes in first. That's usually like the rising. You're like, okay, this is what I'm picking up from this person. Mm. And then it's like the more you get into the chart or like the moon sign, the things that you don't normally see usually show up on the right. It's a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you have to get through maybe someone's yellow aura before you see like their dark green indigo blue that they're kind of keeping below the surface because yellow is like, oh, I want to keep it all together. And I want to like project this really happy image. And it's like, maybe I'm actually a really deep feeler. And I have this indigo that's deep down. Mm-hmm. So it usually kind of comes together and it feels like it feels like the way a, a pot of water looks like when it's being stirred, like a swirl. It's like, oh, it's swirling together. What's going to come out? And then it kind of rises up and it's like this intuitive gut feeling that brings like an aroma. It's not like a flavor or a taste. It's like um. You know how if you pause and you try to think really hard about the smell of your grandma's signature meal or like your favorite perfume. And if you think about it, you can like smell it. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Cause you're like, okay, I can smell it, but I'm not actually smelling it. It's like a, from the mind. Oh my gosh. This is giving me goosebumps. Cause I'm like, so I'm very pregnant right now. So I'm very like sensitive with my nose and like, Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. And, and so there's like a specific smell that I attach to this like beautiful newborn phase. And it like, it makes like, it makes me emotional, like thinking about it, like thinking about the feeling. (laughs) I know. Right. Like the feeling (laughs) of this time that is like literally like a little snapshot of time that doesn't, you know, you only get it for a while and it's so attached to the smell. So I can totally understand what you're saying. Um, Yes. It's like that. It's unique. It's so unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's so awesome. So when you produce the, the art itself, do you paint it? Do you, um, like, how do you, how does that, what's your medium? I have a background in creating acrylic paints. That was my hobby as a teenager. Um, I I loved painting with acrylics. I think they're really fun because they're like thick and plasticky and you can do all this like weird layering. And so the layering that I learned and like the color theory of like layering and mixing colors that I learned with acrylics is what I apply, but I'm living nomadically right now. (laughs) Okay. So I don't have all of those supplies and I got pretty good at Photoshop over the last five years. So I'll use Photoshop and Canva for like different layering and color alteration techniques Mm -hmm. and kind of create that same cloudy layering that I would do with the acrylics. 
but it's digital. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward and I'm putting this manifestation out there because I want it. So when I have my apartment in LA over the summer and over the next year, I really want to get an easel again. And I really want to get more acrylic paints because that just sounds like exactly what I need to do with this. Even if it's just like a creative pastime, like I really want to bring that back. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. What a, what a smart way to work with it. Right. As you're, as you're living your life and, and you can, you, you can produce, you know, a lot with when it's things are digital. Like I'm so grateful that some things can be digital yeah. and yet you can still go back to that other way as well. So do people like buy these for themselves? Do they buy them as gifts? Is it kind of all over the board? I actually had a lot more people buy them for themselves. And I think that's so cool. I also wonder if it has something to do with Jupiter and Pisces, like the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction that we just yeah, yeah. had, because everyone is wanting to learn about their themselves and their mystical side. So that seems that seems like a connection. Like, okay, people are uh, trying to tap into their gifts and their purpose, and everyone's ditching their jobs to do something creative that they love. Totally, um, I love it. Actually, though coming up into the season of like graduations and weddings, they make really good gifts and yeah, I can actually do them for two people like a wedding. Um, mm. I can use like a composite chart or which is um, like a midpoint chart where you smush them together and you get like this separate energy that the couple creates, or you can do synastry, like, okay, mm -hmm. these are like your prominent energies together. Um, and I can, I've done some art based off of that, like for someone's anniversary. And that was really fun. Um, and then I've had people say like, yeah, I blew it up really big and put it on our living room wall. And I think that's so special uh, to have like an art piece that represents your relationship that is in your space where you like relax together. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I want to get one for the baby. I feel like that'd be so <sighs> cool. Like I already have her, like, oh, I like obviously I don't know when she's going to be born, but I have like her chart framed essentially in my head. And like, wouldn't it be cool to have the colors as a part of it too? Oh my gosh, this is so fun. You so, let me know, girl. I will. I will. She's going to be here <laughs> in the summer and I'm like, oh, cannot. She's going to be a cancer too. So she's going to be like us, oh. very sensitive and just like kind of witchy and cool. And <laughs> it's my hope anyways. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. This That's is a beautiful. weird question. I feel like when I think about auras and the more that I've done a little bit of research in this, um, I, I always wonder like, can someone's aura get damaged or I don't even know. Is That's that a like question. a possibility? Well, the short answer is no. Cause I feel like damage implies like permanent sure um sometimes if i'm working with a client and they're going through a really brutal saturn return or like a pluto transit and they're like life has been hell for a year or whatever the parts of their aura their chart that are really receiving the beaten like let's say someone's really exuberant creative outgoing they have a lot of orange and yellow if they're having this really dark period they might have a little cloud or those bright colors might be a little darker um 
but I don't interpret dark colors as negative. There's mm-hmm. actually people who will have um, like dark blues and dark reds and even some shades of brown. And like brown just means like someone who's very practical and logical. Like grounded. And grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a dark, dark blue that almost looks black as someone who's so deeply empathic. Um, but people are like, oh, black black aura, dark energy that's bad. Yeah, it's like, no, yeah. It's not. Um, so it's not so much like, oh, there'll be like a black in there, or it's more of like the, the intensity of the color might be dull mm. and you can feel that, you know, when you're around someone who's like going through a hard time and you're like, you know, you're not really yourself right now. Um, everyone can feel that. And that's how it shows up with the synesthesia, but I never create prints of that. I always create the highest expression of someone mm-hmm. with their chart. Cause I think that's what a chart is. I'm a full, there's like two camps of astrologers, um, the expressionists and the not. So like, do you need to like quiet your Sagittarius Mercury? No girl, let it out. Cuss, yell, sing. <laughs> <laughs> that's who you're born to be. Um, so I think like it needs to be expressed all of it. And that's what I do when I create the art is to show people like, this is what your energy is. It's peak this is what you are when you are living your highest alignment when you are thriving doing what you want to do that's what you look like and Mm -hmm. what you feel like and i do think like if we have like that if we lose that luster of who we are you know we can get it back we can always heal we can always physically heal we can always emotionally heal you can always spiritually heal um you know, if you feel like you have an ex- a traumatic experience or a relationship where you like gave a lot of yourself away, you can always call it back because your chart is never going to leave you. It's always going to stay the same. You can always tap into all of those elements that are you and choose to take the highest expression mm-hmm. of that. And it doesn't mean like you're always going to take the highest expression because that's not human. You know, sometimes we're going to do the shady shit that our placements bring um everyone has shadow elements every placement has shadow elements and sometimes we're going to fall into that but i feel like that's our experiment you know we were given this chart because it's like here's your project for your whole life you're not going to figure it out at 15 you're not going to figure it out at 30 not at 60 like you know you this is your project so take as much time as you need to figure it out Mm -hmm. and learn how to work with it Oh yeah. I'm in total agreement. And you're right that there's so many other people that I will talk to that'll say like, Oh, I had my chart read and like this, I have this like negative placement. And I don't believe that those are, those exist. I mean, I think you might have some, some challenging placements, but that just gives you more oomph to work with that, like to overcome and grow. And, and it kind of feeds into what you're saying about the dimmer times. Like I genuinely believe that like the dimmer times in our life will get us prepared for those next growth opportunities. And we come out that much stronger and brighter. You have to have those times. That's, that's such a beautiful way of putting it. I'm in total agreement. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I'm so glad you feel that way. And I hear that a lot in my client sessions. Someone will say, um, something I hear a lot and this pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the idea they say like, Oh, someone said that I have a lot of contradictions or a lot of opposites. 
It's like, yeah, we all, we all do. Um, yeah. Did they tell you like how they actually work together? Because even if you have two signs that are in conjunct, like, I don't know, Sagittarius and, and Taurus, you're like, oh, like those are so opposite. How do they work together? Well, as a Sag rising and a double Taurus, I'll tell you how they work together. You travel and you make sure that you have uh, comfy linens to sleep yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get cozy places or you you do the Venusian thing of decorating your home with artifacts that you've gathered from around the world. It's like, there's always ways to bring it together instead of just settling. It's like, I'm just a hodgepodge of opposites because that's not empowering. <laughs> And opposites, I think studying astrology, looking at opposites is one of my favorite ways to understand it because op- there's similarities and literally like completely opposite signs. Like I'm a Cancer Sun Capricorn Moon and they're oh. in their positive expression. They are yeah. the parents, right? It's the son or it's the, the mother and the father. And they're, yes, they are different, but they're both taking care of others in a way. And so there's so many similarities. I mean, even like the nodes right now. And I want us to talk about a little bit of like the eclipse eclipses coming up, but like Scorpio and yeah. Taurus, like let's talk about pleasure and how those are both about pleasure, yeah. but in very different ways. Right. For sure. Yes. Yes. I was having this conversation last night with a Sagittarius man and he's like, I had a Gemini girl. And she said that we aren't compatible. I was like, are you kidding <laughs> you're the most compatible yeah. because Sagittarius and Gemini is the axis of the mind. And I was like, you know, she makes you more granular. You expand. So you, you balance one another and it's so good for any kind of partnership. And I totally agree with you. Like there's always something that they're trying to achieve. Even if you have signs that square, mm-hmm. even if you have signs, I mean, trines are easy. It's the same element, but like squaring is actually they can work together really nicely. You know, I've, I'm a Gemini son and I work really well with Virgo sons, even though like sometimes I'm like, okay, being a little bit of a perfectionist, but we do work really well together because there's that fast mercurial nature and the willingness to be open to change like a mutable mm-hmm. sign. So there's always something they have in common and you can always find it if you're willing to look at the positives. Yeah. So listeners, you know, your chart is perfect. It is literally perfect. And you yeah. get to choose how you show up for it. And, and it comes out in these like amazing, I just think of like the colors, like how beautiful is that? These things are so, they're surreal. And, you know, as we're coming in, it's kind of perfect actually that we're talking about this as we're approaching the first eclipse in Taurus. Like there's, there is so much beauty and there is so much just pleasure in the world that we live in. And yet we've been dealt with so many tough blows the last few years. What is your take on like the, uh, the, just the lunar nodes right now, the, the upcoming eclipses, like anything that you would offer up in terms of like how we can really kind of take care of ourselves right now. There is a massive wake-up call happening ever since the nodes moved into the north nodes in Taurus, the south node in Scorpio. This has been a wake-up call for us to get back into our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that statement is like a little generic. You know, it's like you hear it a lot in spiritual spaces. Like, what does it mean? Like, we're in our bodies. Yeah. But the last cycle was very much in the mind. It was Gemini and Sagittarius. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was about, you know, how are we consuming media? How are we connecting with people? Um, How are we going to take care of the day-to-day logistics? Because 
we life was turned on its head. Mm-hmm. So everything was happening in a really cerebral space. And we kind of got off of our route a little bit. Taurus is such a rooted, <clears throat> grounded, creative energy. And the best thing we can do during this period is to focus on where we plant our feet, what we put into our bodies, and the actions that we take. And making sure that we're moving at this slow, steady, grounded pace. Because if we, especially when we get into um, like Jupiter Aries, you know, there's a lot of like action and fire where we're going to want to turn things up a notch. But the Taurus North Node is still like, are you taking care of yourself in a sustainable sense? Like, are you eating foods that come from the earth? Do you move your body, even if it's like slow walks? Like, or are you slowing down? And I've heard a lot of people and I've witnessed this too. I've experienced this is like when we go through so much individual trauma and collective trauma, the body is not a fun place to be. It's a lot easier to stay mm-hmm. in the mind because it's fast moving. It can be distracted and we can find other ways. We can find other ways to hide from any pain that we're feeling. We can numb it. You can't really numb the body in the same way. And pain and trauma literally stores in your body. And our natal charts can actually be a really good way to figure this out. Like wherever your Saturn is might be a place where you actually store emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, if you have, if you have Saturn in um, Capricorn, like taking care of your bones, <laughs> like your teeth, your, your knees. Um, Cause I know a lot of people that are listening are probably in that generation of like Saturn Capricorn, maybe Saturn Sag is like, you got to mm-hmm. take care of like moving your legs. Um, but you can think of the Zodiac, like Aries all the way to Pisces starting down, like for like the general themes, like, getting into your body and getting comfortable, even if it feels uncomfortable and just like moving and then nourishing it. Um, because the other side of the coin is the shadow work of South node Scorpio. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we're going to notice all the things that are in the, our own personal sewer that we haven't acknowledged. And it's going to keep coming up. It'll come up in your dreams. It'll come up in your relationship patterns. If you haven't healed those, it'll come up in sense of self-worth, like how you're working with money and energetics, because this axis is very much about worth and money and your relationships with other people, give and take, how much of yourself are you giving away? How much are you getting back? And this is about getting back into an equilibrium of that, like putting in the work and actually getting the the reward that's there. But Scorpio is like, okay, to do that, we need to get down to the nitty gritty of the shadows. We need to go and examine our blockages and our traumas and all those really uncomfortable things so that we can flush it and let it go and then live a happy Taurus life sitting (laughs) in the pasture, chewing on grass. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's such a balance. It's such a you got to do the digging and you also, what did you, what did you dig up? And now let's enjoy that. And let's luxuriate in that. It's you. And even too, can you just talk about the, you know, I've talked about Jupiter and Pisces pretty a lot on this show, but even with the, the Neptune conjunction, like kind of how that plays into this world of spirituality. Can you explain that? 
Yeah. Oh, this has been my favorite topic of conversation for the last three months. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm sure you've talked about how this is like, you know, this is the first time since like 1856. Yeah. That was like the time of the witches and the mediums, the parlor mediums. Um, this is a time of renaissance. And I feel like the best renaissance periods come after a plague or a war. Right. And we've had a lot of those. So we're in that period right now. And Jupiter, the great benefics, like a second sun, it's huge. It's going to shine a light on something that makes us happy, something that we need to call in. Um, Jupiter's like the, the energy of receiving a thousand compliments and you're like, Oh, am I allowed to receive it? And then, and then Jupiter says like, yes, they like, oh, yes, thank you. I am great. Thank you. That's Jupiter energy. Neptune is this higher octave of spirituality. That's about surrender. I love the way Stephen Forrest is one of my favorite teachers talks about this and he says like Neptune is the space on the other side of the window and we can connect with Neptune if we clean our windows spiritually like meditating getting grounded um, reading about spiritual topics moving away from the day-to-day and in that process there's this act of surrender you know you're like I don't know what I'm going to see on the other side of the window I don't know what I'm going to get when I'm meditating like I'm just releasing and seeing what comes because I'm not in control. I think eclipses have a lot of that energy too. I'm not mm. in control. So this whole entire month of April, the major theme has been, if you could have anything that you want, like what is your wildest, wildest dream? Do you believe that you're worthy enough to claim it? And what do you need to dissolve in your life in order to make space and create surrender, create this relationship with the universe. It says like, I'm ready for it whenever my time is right and you're ready to deliver. Mm -hmm. And I've had so many conversations over the last few weeks in the month of April where people are saying, I had this vision the other night that I want to quit my nine to five and open a beach bar. And I'm actually making plans to do it. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. Or someone's like, I think I'm really getting back into a childhood hobby that I really loved. And I thought that I wasn't good enough to pursue it, but maybe I actually am. And that's been the general theme. And it excites me so much because there's so much creative energy that's untapped. And I think creative energy is how we heal the world because it's directly create related to intuition and compassion. It's all in the same frequency. And this whole month is just about what do you want and what are you going to let go of to get it? And can you be a little bit radical when you're thinking about mm. what you want, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. There's that audio that's going around on whatever it must be like TikTok and reels of like, it's about being cringe. Like you need just be cringe, like just do what you need, like do the things, <laughs> right? That's kind of what it makes me think of. It's just like, you know what? Let's just do it. Just try it. Just try that passion yeah. and like, see what happens. What's the worst yeah. that could happen? Someone judges you fine, whatever. Yeah. Yes. I love that. It makes me think about how I feel like lately Instagram has been a place for, if you're not a creator or if you don't have a business, 
people don't post. And that makes me sad because I really want to see like my friends posting and my family just being creative and sharing like something that they love, that they're passionate about. Like I'm having this cake at this restaurant and it's so great. And I'm posting it. It literally like no one cares, but I'm posting <laughs> it. And I really hope that like with social media, we can get back to a place where people just feel comfortable being cringe if they feel that way, like mm-hmm. creating and making something without a purpose. It's like, yeah, I made this real of me dancing. Like I don't have a business, whatever. Like I just created it because it's fun. Like let's do more of that. That'd be great. Now, I that's true. I haven't even thought about that. That is true. Instagram hasn't been like that. Uh, yeah. So in addition, we got I these these energies. I'm like, this is going to air in probably May. So we'll have we'll have gone through this like kind of spiritual upgrade. And it's going to I mean, this is a, a big transit that's going to really last a good amount of time. What else are you paying attention to come summer? I mean, I definitely Aries, Jupiter, like what is what's kind of on your radar right now? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, I feel like the really beautiful peak moment of this year, and there's a couple different ones, has been like April. Um, but it is like the scary part of surrender and having so much emotional energy yes. with like yes. planets and Pisces. I feel it. And Aries season, that was a lot. So I think going into the summer with Jupiter Aries is going to feel like moving forward. Totally. There's going to be this opportunity of like a 12 year fresh start. You know, it's the beginning of the Zodiac and Jupiter travels around every 12 years. So this is like a new beginning. And I love to look back 12 years and be like, what was I doing then? And how have I expanded? Jupiter loves that question. So that's going to be exciting from like May 10th to the end of October. So I think, you know, if you have big plans for yourself, if you have big dreams that came up during this Pisces period, put them into action this summer, you know, be mindful of retrogrades and stuff like, you know, if you're going to launch something, but I'm not really scared of Mercury retrograde. That's whatever. I am a little leery for Mars retrograde. So what I've been advising clients to do, so Mars retrograde is going to be in Gemini. It's going to happen from October 30th until January 12th. That's a pretty long period, but (laughs) luckily it's in winter. So I'm like, if you can, if you hustle all summer and you're trying to create something, don't launch it in the winter. Use the winter to like go within and energetically revise and be like, what do I want to do? It's in Gemini. So we're probably going to feel more of this pressure on our individual relationships, business partnerships, romantic relationships, how we interact with just randoms on the street. If they're being a mirror to us and we're triggered, but when Mars is retrograde, it kind of pushes our ability to initiate and assert and express emotions like anger and passion inward. So if we haven't dealt with something that really triggers us on that anger spectrum this summer, when Jupiter is in Aries, you know, let that combust in a healthy way, you know, like burst it out, go into the woods and like, you know, go to a BB gun shooting range. If you have to, I don't know, like <laughs> get it out <laughs> because if we have stored anger during Mars retrograde, it bursts. 
True. And a good example yes. was the last time Mars was retrograde when the U.S. Capitol was insurrected. It was like the last day, which is literally like that was wild. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Trying to explain it to my husband, and he's like, "I don't get it." I'm like, "No, this is just so funny. Not funny. It was not good. It's but. so crazy." Yeah. yeah. So I really don't want to see more anger and and hatred and passion being dumped out in that kind of way. So it's like, you know, deal with it in a healthy way. Like, you know, scream it out, you know, go dance and yell and just run. Like exercise will be really important this summer mm-hmm. with Jupiter Aries. Um, a really good way to process that energy that can get stored up. And then when it comes around to that retrograde period, it can like we can mince words because it's in Gemini. So I feel like a lot of it will be like things that we wish we didn't say. And it might come out like right around that time that it stations at the end of October or right around the time that it stations direct in January. So being mindful of that, I think is good. And using what the summer is giving us to take action on your dreams, like the Aries I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like Aries energy is like the excited kid of the Zodiac. It's like, I can do anything. (laughs) So embody that, you know? It's, I'm an Aries rising and I like to feel, I mean, to be like so connected to Mars. So this, this whole, you know, Mars and, or rather Jupiter and Aries is, talk about new beginnings. Oh my gosh. Like, it's just so wild. And I've said this before, everyone, like, like you said, look back 12, 13 years, like what was happening in your life. For me, it was like, I just started my professional career. I graduated from college, was starting to work. And now I'm like, I've done the adult thing for however many years, like it's my third child. Like I'm definitely like now it's, it's time for me. I've done all of this stuff that I'm supposed to do. And I get to start this very like forward thinking way of life through this, this work that we're talking about right now, which ultimately helps so many people. It's an exciting time. I'm so, I'm so grateful that like, I'm awake for it. Do you know? (laughs) I do think like this whole, like preparing for the summer is, is something that we can do right now. Like we can think about what projects do we want to start? Like, what do we want to do? What, what, what are we thinking about for the future? And then we're not so blindsided come Mars retrograde, you know, in October. Will Jupiter be back in Pisces by then? By October, it will. So that'll yeah. help a little. Oh, well, at the, at the end it. of October. End. Okay. So actually, it'll be yeah at the very end when right around the time that we get this Mars retrograde. So I expect it to be like a really emotional, kind of intimate, sensitive winter. Mm-hmm. That's good for taking an extended rest and vacation you know if you've been like really hustling like if you have the ability like take a month off that seems like a lot <laughs> I'm like well, yeah I don't know if I could do that um but if you can give yourself like you know maybe a few days off each month during that period you'll feel a lot more rested and grounded there'll be okay. a lot of mutable energy especially like Sag season we'll have like Mars retrograde Gemini Jupiter and Pisces um, with Neptune and then all the planets in Sagittarius for Sagittarius reason season, it's going to be like so mutable, which can feel a little bit ungrounded. Um, 
but it can also like open us up to new ideas if we're working on something and then we suddenly feel like it's not aligned. We're like, okay, I can pivot and change and shift mm-hmm. things around to fit. Go with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Oh my gosh. This is so, I'm, I'm loving this conversation. This is so much fun. I want to know before we go, what do you, like, what are your self-care practices? What do you do to take care of yourself? What are you going to do during Mars retrograde when you get to re- like do some relaxation? <laughs> yeah. I am, I'm someone that I, I don't enjoy like a specific set routine. I don't enjoy structure in that way, but I like to give myself a bowl to flow in. Um, so like in the mornings, I'll give myself like 30 minutes, maybe before I get out of bed to like do something that I enjoy. Um, maybe that looks like reading a book on my iPad or Sometimes it's like clipping and pinning things on a vision board on Pinterest. Mm. I like to do those kind of things like, or maybe I'll do a meditation, but I have Mars Taurus. So like, I am not getting right out of bed immediately. Like that's (laughs) like self-care for me is to like, let myself like rest and like sleep in a little bit. Um, I really enjoy like slow movement and walks. Like I've never been like a, hit the ground running kind of workout person again mars and taurus is like i could have like some cbd and go to a yin yoga class and Mm -hmm. feel really rejuvenated um and i really love being around water so that's one of my big manifestations for the year is like my next place i really want like a nice bathtub or shower because when Mm -hmm. you travel it's like you never know what you're gonna get and that's a place where i actually really commune with spirits and i usually before i get into the bathroom shower i'm like here's and here's a medium for you to hold your energy this shower stream or tub of water and if you have something you want me to know like let it spontaneously come into my mind and then i usually have some of my greatest ideas in water because of that so being in water and slow movement and plenty of good chocolate Mm. I've like made a cacao (laughs) addiction since being in Mexico and like I mean there's so much here like there's like chains of like kind of like Starbucks but like 10 times better Mm. have cacao so like if I'm ever having an off day there's nothing that will like open my heart and make me more just grounded and connected than chocolate yeah especially with North Node Taurus I know that's what I enjoy it love that idea oh my gosh KJ this was amazing I'm just so grateful for your time and like all this really cool information and I know listeners are going to be very excited to to check you out can you tell them where to find you Instagram all the good things yeah I'm really active on Instagram it's kj.atlas it's my only account (laughs) oh my gosh I know I'm with Um, you yeah, it's been nuts. I have a website where you can learn about my offerings. It's kjatlas.com. And I'm really excited because I'm launching something brand new really soon. And I'm also launching a podcast. Yay! Oh Love. my gosh. <laughs> it's called Love and Stardust. And you're one of the first people that I've told name too but by the time this is out we're we're gonna by the time this releases we're we're gonna have an episode out um leading up to it i have a website form that you can sign up 
to get emails when there's a new episode drop. It's loveandstardustpodcast.com. And I'm partnering with my dear friend and love coach and tarot reader, Haifa. And we met Kismetly in Mexico City on a roof. We were both <laughs> living in the same building. Perfect. And I was like, I've known you before. <laughs> it was just one of those kind of relationships. And we had both had a shared vision of wanting to start a podcast. And my vision and her vision actually interlocked perfectly. And it was so bizarre. And this podcast is going to be about unpacking celebrity relationships, unpacking your own relationships, using practical coaching methods and behavioral psychology paired with tarot and astrology to create stronger, better, more beautiful relationships with yourself and with other people. And that is my goal with everything I do is to help you create a better relationship with yourself and with each other and the planet. And that's one of the greatest gifts that energy and astrology and tarot can give us, I think. Agreed. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to check that out. That sounds so fun. Love a little pop culture in there. Like, oh my gosh. Well, I'll shout it from the rooftops. Podcasting is so fun. You'll be so good at it. I can't wait to listen. (laughs) And thanks again for your time. I'll make sure to link up all that information so people can check you out. And yeah, you'll be hearing from me come July when this baby comes, because I'm going to want one of those in in our room for sure. Oh, I got you. Thank you so much. Like talking to you has just been like, talking to your friend, you know, just like sitting on a couch and like, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful to be here and to have like gotten to connect with you and to see what else we do together. Yeah, agreed. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. Thanks to KJ for sharing her amazing insight. Make sure to check out more information in the show notes on her offers. If you'd like to work with her, if you'd like to get your hands on some more art, And be sure to check out the upcoming events. If you're not already on our newsletter, that's where you're going to get the the quickest information about upcoming events and episodes. I will see you next week.